Where's my burrito? When can we forcibly stop people from having children? Like, when I was little, I thought China was bullshit for their shadow children policy. Mm. You like, when you were about? a child, you were pretty anti that anti-child policy. I was. Now, now yeah. that you're not a child. <laughs> All right, you know what? In one sentence, I think you've, you've swayed my entire argument. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, when you're poor, obviously you care about the poor. But now that you're rich, you don't give a fuck about the fuck poor. Em. Yeah. yeah, that's literally what just happened. I don't know. My friend just had another kid. Sturgis had another kid. Man, that's all I got to say. Boo. <laughs> okay, I didn't boo it. Uh, look, here's my thing. It's like, look. Congratulations, if ever... but yeah. also boo. Right. I said congrats first, so now I can talk shit. Okay. Which is just like, why? Mm. Why do we keep mm. doing shit like this? Like, why? Why? <sighs> You know, like the, all the problems in the world are created by people who are not put together themselves or responsible enough to take care of their own shit. Why are you bringing more people into this world? Like, because they end up being victims in the long run. And I just, I don't, I don't get it, man. Man, I've said this so many times, I think even on this podcast, but just in general, I bring it up as often as I possibly can. And everybody's like, oh, what's wrong with you? You don't like kids. You don't want the human race to continue being around. No. That's my answer. What's yours? Sorry. I mean, I just think that uh, we should start, you know, having that conversation where we're like, hey, should we maybe slow down on the kids thing? Should we maybe like look at like, hey, what is the world like now? Are we in a good spot? No. Uh, What's going to look like 20 years from now if we continue on the same path? And what are you giving your kids? Like, what are they inheriting from you? Right. And uh, it's a big it's a big old shit sandwich is the answer. Well, like Europeans are already not populating quick enough. You know, you look mm. at like France as an example of like, I think per two, for, per couple, they're reproducing at 1.6 per couple. So right. it's under the two to at least replace them as a population, right? So France, Germany, like a lot of these places are getting it. Not us. We haven't quite figured that out. We're still popping mm. out like 15 kids per marriage or something. Not 15, but at least like two or well, three. You know what I mean? When you got the Republicans in control rolling back birth control and sexual awareness advice or whatever you call that. (laughs) Uh, Whatever that is. Yeah. yeah. It's just start fucking popping up like weeds in a garden, man. Let me ask you something because we are a little bit opposite. Like you are an only child. Yeah. I have siblings. It's pretty sweet. (laughs) Yeah. So that's the point. So you're, you're all about it. You're like one and done. Get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Like, like, you know, and I think I've also talked about this growing up as an only child, like, when you're growing up, you see kids with like brothers and sisters and you think eh, that would actually be nice. Like, I wish I had that. Right. But then you get a dog and it's fine. <laughs> but the dog doesn't talk. It doesn't engage you. It doesn't. Exactly. You. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I don't got to fucking talk to some. Think about all of the to. strife that we've like worked through in your past with your siblings, like every right. single one of them. Yeah. I didn't have any of that. Right. I just had a dog. Did you and Toby have beef though? Did you guys have problems throughout the house? We we had beef sometimes, but like we'd always like work it out. You know, we'd hug it out, bitch. Right. You say family and you would hug each other and it would be fine. Yeah. Like I'd walk in the door. He'd be like, hey, what's up, asshole? And I'd be like, what the fuck, man? I just walked in. And he'd be like, I'm sorry, bro. And I'd be like, it's okay, bro. We hug it out. So you guys realized that there was nothing more important than family, which is, which is largely my point. Like also he had a very, very short term memory. So (laughs) 
that so he was like, in my favor. He was fucking Guy Pierce and Memento. <laughs> like he just couldn't yeah. hold a grudge. Yeah. And also like Guy Pierce and Memento, I could tell him the same jokes. He'd think it would be hilarious every right. time. You know, that's, that's all. Like, that's the first time I've ever heard that joke. I'm a dog. Fucking dogs, man. <laughs> no, I mean, let's talk about this. I got three. All right. But you, you, know, you have three. Well, when we were talking true. about that Sapiens book, and I'm sure I've talked about it here, like the thing that really mm-hmm. got me about that book, well, one of many things that got me about that book, because as you know, I became fucking depressed after reading it, was just the idea that the bond that we have with dogs is not some bullshit made up subjective thing. Like, no, we legit have a bond with dogs. Like 10,000 years ago, like we've been able to communicate with nonverbal cues with another animal more so than any other animal in the world that's why cats are douchebags that's why we can't Mm -hmm. fucking tame other animals i mean we can but you know what i'm saying right yeah i I think something called like saccadic theory it's like relating to how a human's eyes will move across another person's face and how we kind of create this 3d map of objects and dogs do the same thing and it's unique to just us and dogs in terms of when they look at a human face their eyes follow the same pattern that a human eye would Another animal, a cat, will just like look right through you or just look at your nose or something like that. A dog actually scans your face and recognizes you. Right. And like if you point at something, it'll look at what you're pointing at. Like that's an, uh, what do you call it? Like an abstraction for right. another animal. Like that's a higher level of intelligence. You can call a dog stupid, but they're actually pretty goddamn smart. Well, I'm not saying that. I'm calling Toby stupid in this scenario because he kept forgetting things five minutes after he told him. But. Oh. I'm just saying in general, I think it's, it is a well-deserved fucking, uh, like, you know, like bond that we have with them. Um, but then it made me think, like, what else walks upright? Like, maybe it's just, well, bears. Bears walk upright. Meerkats. Prairie dogs. Meerkats. Other rodian. Rodents. Okay. Rodians. rodians. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's say meerkats figured out how to feed dogs before us. Would meerkats have dogs? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like... Because that's what the whole thing is. See, probably not because dogs, dogs would try kill to eat a bear cat. Exactly. Yeah. They couldn't fuck with us. They probably they, can't fuck with bears then. Hmm. Hmm. What if bears started feeding dogs? Dogs would be hanging out with bears nonstop. Are you kidding me? And we, but that's what I'm saying. Then it would be a tag And then it would be, yeah, it would be dogs and bears versus us. That's kind of the world I would have lived in, man. Like you'd be dead. You wouldn't be alive. Uh, no, I thing. wouldn't. Well, see that we would have to have protocols. We would do like a quiet place, but instead it was an actual fucking threat instead of boogans. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. Uh, like, like, do you think that we would be the hunted down, uh, bordering on extinction animal, and bears would be setting up like a bear UN and right. like a bear foreign policy? Right, and they have the translators because the bears bear infrastructure. Yeah, Yeah. Guatemala can't understand the bears. We're having a large influx of beavers this season. We need to figure out what to do with them. Do we grant them asylum or do we eat them? We got to eat them. I'm sorry. I thought about it from all sides of the of the problem, and we got to eat these fuckers. They'll come back. Dogs try to get the right to vote, and it's like a hundred year struggle. But they finally achieve it. But they're still kind of pushed down in other ways. There's a dog, Susan B. Anthony. Gerrymandering is rampant as fuck. (laughs) See, what I like about this is that uh, both bears and dogs have evolved to the point where they understand government. (laughs) Like they understand the the, the facets of how this shit works. Not just like a single government in one country, a fucking united body of fucking. Honestly, I think they always could. I just think that we were pushing them down, man. So we're we're, we're, we were seeing them make progress and start to use tools and put two and two together. We're like, no, we're going to deforest your home, motherfucker. 
So the question is this. All right. So would we be the extinct thing? I guess we have to break a couple of rules. We have to figure out what the rules of this new world are. Mm. So rule number one, how even is the playing field? Do we have weaponry? Do we have like tanks and shit? Or do we, do we like if we brought this back, this is what's interesting about the Sapiens book again. If you bring it back, it's like our dominance as a species is so fucking new. If you really mm-hmm. think about it, like back in the day when our cave brothers were hanging out, like we were still like part of the food chain. <laughs> like we right. were just trying not to get eaten all the time. And now we right. don't have that thought. I and mean, we've talked we about it. We're still worried about tigers and wolves. Right, dude. I mean, we were talking about this on the podcast, like even a hundred years ago in some parts of the country, like wolves were a thing you had to worry mm-hmm. about, you know, right. now we don't worry about it. So I guess the question is, if we have any kind of weaponry and any kind of like organization, if Facebook is still a thing, if telephones, uh, wires are still a thing, then yeah, uh, then we'll be fine. But I really am curious if you have like, if we just make the, the, the dogs and the fucking bears, like the sharks in deep blue sea, we give them a little bit more intelligence mm-hmm. and we, we, we have nothing but like bows and arrows. I don't know if we win, man. I'm going to be I real. It'd be a real planet of the bears situation. Yeah, well, like, there has to be a Caesar, you know what I mean? There has to be, yeah. like, the guy who rules shit. But I'm just saying, in general, like, bears are great hunters. Like, yeah. they're, they're wondering. dogs have better sense of smell. They know where we are before we know where they are, right? So, at that point, it's just, like, if it's an even playing field. Because like, this brings me back to, like, the Jurassic World of it all. The last Jurassic Park movie, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, the dinosaurs are out in the wilderness. I'm like, yeah, but there's, like, nine. There's, like, nine of them. You still yeah. got jets. You still got bombs. Like, right. like, you should be able to kill these nine fucking dinosaurs is all I'm saying. Yeah, the, the end of that movie makes no sense to me. And I don't want to get into like a whole Jurassic World thing because I know we already talked about it. But right. like, it, it was making it out like, oh, now like the dinosaur, are they going to carry like something like dino flu and it's going to start killing all the people and then they'll start breeding? But, but that would just be Planet of the Apes again. Yeah but whatever but you know worse. If it works if it works why well, fix it bro like if it, ain't, if it broke, ain't broke don't fix it yeah i mean it i mean like well how many like weird angles can you take all right so fuck it let's take away the dino flu of it all how would you do it if if like okay so if you gave me again going back to shit sandwiches if you were to give me the shit sandwich of having to make the third and final installment of the new jurassic world trilogy okay it's what you're asking me no what i'm asking you is pitch it in relation to bears and dogs <laughs> like what oh, what do you like, need it to be so like bears and dogs you're, you're saying like you don't want it to be like a because you're saying it doesn't make sense in jurassic park because of the dino flu blah 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 blah. i'm talking about it making it an even playing field against the fucking bear wars okay mm-hmm. so it's like what do we have to do to make like what has to happen to because right now there are still billions and billions of people i think there has to be more people than bears obviously <laughs> I think there's got to be more people than bears and dogs combined, but maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I don't know, dude, because like, think about how many chickens are fucking around. There's more chickens than people. Well, yeah, but we have like, we have a need for chickens to be around. We don't need bears to be around. What about dogs? What about them? I just like how many how of many, them are there? Yeah. Like well, a lot right now. How there's many fucking a, dogs are in the world? Type it in exactly like that. How many fucking, <laughs> fucking dogs, dogs are, are in okay, the listen. world? 525 million dogs obviously not six seven billion like we got fucking around here but still enough okay mm. now you have to figure a quarter of them dogs they're just cute little fuckers all right they're 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 not threats so they got to right. be our spies they got to yeah, do they're, the, they're fucking the scouts yeah they yeah. go in there they get their fucking ears rubbed they blow you into a false sense of security meanwhile the fucking german shepherds slit your throat okay so that's 525 million i don't how many bears are in the world i just got to know what the what the what the fucking numbers are here sorry i think it's probably a depressing number at this point is my guess like really low you think yes 
bro, there's not even a number. They're like, we can't even give you a number on this. Uh, bears are dying <laughs> at a rapid rate. <laughs> <laughs> I could type in a number, but it would be inaccurate by the end of me typing it. So, I mean, what, wasn't that Timothy Treadwell's whole thing about Grizzly Man? He was like, oh, these beautiful creatures. We got to protect them. I want to know about bears. And then one of them ate him. Right. Well, he kind of had that coming. <laughs> He absolutely had that. They coming. never asked. There's no question. He's a mentally ill them. man living with grizzly bears. Like, what's gonna happen? But even even so, it's like, look, bears are proud people. Okay, like they don't they don't need you to speak for them. They they want to fucking represent themselves. And this goddamn usurper came in there trying to speak for them. I think that was the bad thing. That was the whole reason it went sideways. Uh, <laughs> so apparently, there's eighteen thousand black bears left oh man just black bears that is not even in the millions eighteen thousand. that wouldn't fill up a stadium you know what i mean like oh man think yeah. about that for a second think, i mean bears well, are also bigger. also <laughs> think about a stadium full of bears just imagine you know it's like you're you're fucking you, you just got on the football team or whatever right and you walk out it's the first game of the season right audience <laughs> nothing but bears oh shit just sitting there quietly oh they're quiet i was to say are they still are they raucous are they clapping are they no you know, they're they're uh, all just stare just sitting in chairs being bears <laughs> sitting in chairs <laughs> being bears <laughs> <laughs> waiting for that game to start um are you scared at that point like do they have access to the field like or should you be worried about your life I don't think that any amount of security is going to stop 18,000 bears from killing. No, but dude, this is like a, this is like a bird situation. This, this is like, listen, the bear wars are over. The bears won and they left a few of us alive for their sick fucking twisted entertainment. So this is like the, the human zoo, like we're just there for their play. And then we have to live in the stadium now. Yeah, but they don't, they're not even excited about it. They just watch us passively. They don't cheer. They don't fucking emote. They're just there watching us, which is way creepier than they keep like one guy around to just throw salmon in the air. get your salmon what's what i'm saying don't you think that humans are due for some kind of comeuppance if we believe in any form of karma which i don't but you figure like sharks are going to grow legs at some point and be able to breathe the air and it's it's over like man i just reread blood meridian and uh what i'm so about to read that that's amazing you just yeah it just really it's just one of those books that number one it makes you never want to write again but it also right. makes you really want to write again. But then right. you think about it again. You're like, I'll never write anything that good. Number two, it makes you be like, man, I don't even want to be a person anymore. Right. Like it just makes the human condition sound like the worst fucking most nihilistic. Like just yeah, the like, end of that book is literally the personification of evil saying he'll never die. Right. It's a, it's a lesson more. It's the bad news bears of literature. You know, it's like learn to lose now. I like how you brought it back to bears. Yeah. I I was trying to find a connection. No, but it really is. It's about like, you know, learn to lose because that's what life really is. I mean, you, you spend a whole time like an adventure out in the West. Also the whole premise of that book, maybe the only human being in the history of anything that would ever draw the connection between bad news bears and blood meridian by Cormac McCarthy. I'm sure Corback, like, if you look at his notes, he's like, listen, the biggest inspiration on this is Bad News Bears. I mean, Walter Matthau, he was drunk. Yeah. I try to create that. I mean, the judge, if you think about it, was meant to be played by Walter Matthau, but didn't happen. Um, no, but, but it really is. The whole premise of that book is just like, I mean, there is no premise. It's really just like epi- episodes in the Old West, and it's nightmarish each time. But if you had to break it down, it's just like, listen, people are horrible. And like Indian scalps are fucking currency and like the brutality is rewarded. I mean, it is yeah. not a good book. I mean, it's a wonderful book. But yeah. 
terrific. Well, it's a, it's a real, uh, it's not a fun read because there's right. no real uh, plot. Right. And there isn't really even a main character. Like the closest thing you have to a main character is uh, the kid. Which who, is kind of you. You're yeah. supposed to be the kid. Yeah. Right. And then he becomes the man later. But really the judge is the most fleshed out one. And he's the one we know the least about. Right. When you read that, like, it's not magical realism. It isn't. But the judge almost exists in that weird magical world. And, like, I think that's why I love that so much. Because the judge feels supernatural, even though they never straight up say it, you know? I mean, like, he he literally teleports in that book. And, like, he's walking around naked all the time. He knows everything about, like, every scientific field of study that he comes in contact with. He even has that badass line where he's, like, an animal that exists without my knowledge exists without my consent. Holy shit. Holy yeah. shit. The judge might be, look, if the judge is supposed to be Satan, Satan is making a compelling case. Like, that's all mm-hmm. I'm saying, man. Well, I, I was reading up it. on the history that, not to turn this into Blood Meridian cast. Let's do it. But, um, he was based on an actual person. Um, as was John Glanton was a real guy, too. The Glanton gang uh, right. started off as like a mercenary soldier who later just turned into a roving band of scalpers who were scalping innocent people who had hair that might look like an Indian scalp or a native nice. Indian scalp just to sell it. You're just killing anybody you could. But that's my whole point. There's like a whole morality tale about the West. The West became this thing and this is why I'm so interested in it. That's why I'm writing this comic in it. It's like the West had all this promise and shit but more than anything, I think the West revealed the like the inner demon the inner monster in people like because yeah. we always said this all the time is that without, without the, the 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 threat of prosecution right or persecution or retribution or any of this other shit people would just be terrible you know what i mean like if i didn't have to worry about the cops being called i would just go fuck everyone up all the time you know like mm. i hate people but i don't because i don't like jail jail sucks they don't have the right mm. kind of bars in there. You know what I mean? So they don't have the right kind of bar. <laughs> a little Bukowski for you. Uh, Thank you. Um, but yeah, so no, it's, it's like, a, I don't know. It just really scares me. And that's what the whole point of it is. So yeah, whatever. The, the, the law and order won out, right? Yeah. Because we eventually we chased down these bandits and we all killed them and shit like that. But do you think the new bandits are just like serial killers who don't get caught? I mean, aren't the, I mean, uh, um, aren't the, <laughs> <laughs> you're like i feel uncomfortable drawing connections between these two no i i was gonna say like aren't the new bandits like uh people yeah, yeah. The, the major corporations i mean but i guess that's a, always exists in some form of, or another like well even, even back then you had oil barons you had iron yeah barons, you know what i mean so i, I were, but there was a distinction there because these people were making their fortune via violence with free of any thought of repercussion you know what i mean like that's interesting to me it's like now the equivalent wouldn't be a corporation because corporations existed even back then Mm. corporation big whatever the state always exists you can go back to fucking england and the monarchy there was still the big state so i look at it as being like no these are people who are independent of that who made their wealth by being horrific and Mm -hmm. so i guess you know i don't think there's money in murder i mean well, unless you're the U.S. government, but I'm saying being like a serial killer is is almost the equivalent of that because it's just like you keep going on. You are an outlaw. People are looking for you. Um, yeah. Does that make sense? I don't know. Yeah. Man. Or maybe like hackers, like black hats. Yeah. White so hats, I just figured out the difference hats. between that black hats and white hats. Like you could be a moral hacker, mm-hmm. which is cool. You could be yeah. like uh, you can be an ethical hacker, like yeah, some but, of the anonymous stuff. 
What? Then, but also some of the other anonymous stuff. Anonymous is very bothers me a lot because, because it's, it's not like, real. Yeah, pick it's, a lane. It's a face to, well, it's yeah. a face to hide behind. Like they don't even organize because the concept of organizing means that they would be under threat of being disassembled. Right. But I just mean in general, like, the, like any, whatever, any fucking white hat hacker could do anything. Like if they wanted to, right? Like when, when you hear like, oh, Anonymous released this, it's like, why don't you go fucking hack some shit that actually matters? Like, I don't give a fuck about this. Right. Does that make sense? I don't what, know, what would be, what would matter enough to hack? If you were a hacker, white hat hacker, white hat hacker. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a mouthful. I don't, I don't like it. Um, if you were a good hacker, what would you do? Would you uh, hack? I, I would Tyler Durden it, but without blowing up buildings, because that's just straight up terrorism. You know? So Mr. Like, Robot. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'd Mr. Robot it. That's exactly what I would do. But even in Mr. Robot, it just seems like that it was it was an accident, kind of. Like I know they set out oh, to do it, but there's a lot of like, they, well, fuck. They they make it seem like the most terrible thing uh in the world though, once it actually happens. Like just the people that actually suffer are the people they were trying to help. I mean, do you think that's what, so if we, we reset all the credit back to zero and we, we change everything, do you think that we would inevitably fuck it up again and probably worse? Like that's, yeah. I guess that's my big question. It's just like, all right, so the idea of Fight Club, the idea of Mr. Robot is we're going to bring everyone back to zero. We're going to reset the wealth. We're going to try to distribute it again in a, in a more healthy and positive way for, for all inhabitants, right? Right. But it's just like those people who are in positions of power are still going to be in those positions of power. Just because the money's gone doesn't mean anything. Just right. because And their predatory practices aren't going to go anywhere. Right. So the, like, the infrastructure is still in place. The machine still exists. You haven't, you know, pulled the plug on everything. Okay. But how do we pull that plug, bro? Where's that plug at? Um, just stop having kids and eventually they'll all die. But that's just suicide. That's like a special <laughs> suicide. That's not like they win. I, don't know. Bro. <laughs> I think we're in too deep, bro. You know, right. we've been gambling so long. We're, we're in too deep. It's the sunk cost fallacy. You can't stop now. Yeah. Can't back away from the table. Good money or bad money. Um, but so here's a question. Like back in the fucking colonial times, like they didn't have healthcare, right? They just had like a barter system. There was just like, listen, you go take care of Jebediah. He's sick. I'll give you two goats. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're, the idea that like, you know, healthcare was this thing. Oh, you're sick. I got you. Right. They this just privileged thing. Right. They would throw some leeches on you and cut off right. one of your fingers and hopefully you bleed out the disease. Do you ever think about that for a second? Hold on. Let's fuck this other point I was going to make. <laughs> just think about this, that medicine as we know it is so fucking new still. Like mm -hmm. we think that right now we're in the best time ever to be alive medically, which I guess is true just because we have the most up-to-date shit. Penicillin, bro. Even 10 years ago, we were still doing shit and prescribing medicine for shit that was bad or ineffective compared to other measurements that we found. So yeah. it's like the idea of putting leeches on a motherfucker <laughs> like mm -hmm. was so that's not even that old. I bet you that happened still with a hundred years ago. Like I'm I, sure it still happens now. But like in what in countries like not here. No, I'm saying like uh, those people with the natural health cures, you know. Put put a magnet on your foot and it'll draw out all the toxins. <laughs> all right, like that's well, just still fair. running rampant, bro. Right, right. Well, that gets me on some other fucking bullshit, which is about um, like the power of belief. Like that. Listen, I don't want to be an asshole and I don't want to be closed minded about anyone's religion. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, having said that, I'm about to be really closed minded about someone's religion. Mm -hmm. Which is listen, 
if we can make fun of Christianity because it's silly it mm. can, and it is, it's silly. And we can be respectful towards Judaism and Islam. I still think it's silly, but I'm respectful because mm. they're persecuted in a way that Christianity generally isn't. Okay. Um, but witchcraft. Uh, tell that to Fox News. Well, what, exactly. <laughs> witchcraft. I know someone who is 30 years old who is still going around being like, and just posted everywhere. And it's just like, oh, the moon is in waxing gibbous tonight, which means that there's going to be a good winter uh, fall and blah, 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 blah. And just like all this shit. I'm just like, you're 30. And if I can, if I can make fun of Christians, how can I not make fun of you? For thinking that you have energy in your hands like and literally she's like wah 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 like that's the sound of the energy in her no fuck you you're fucking stupid and you're delusional and if, maybe, if this was any maybe, other religion maybe you just don't believe enough i don't believe it because it's fucking you... stupid no it's dumb it's fucking i'm sorry this is where i draw the line like you, i don't want to be an asshole you ever tried it i don't have to try it you ever tried your witch powers? oh my god in seventh grade my boy nick dated a girl and he decided that he was going to become a pagan. And so for like a couple months, this dude was rocking around saying, I pray to Luna, the moon God, and this, this, and this. And I just want to, it was the first time where I'm like, Christianity gets away with this shit because it's become mainstream. Like we accept it I, as a normal thing. You know yeah, I mean? they, they moved the window of acceptability. I knew this kid who, um, in set, nobody liked him. And in seventh grade, he was a, uh, um, a ceremonial vampire. <laughs> and he would literally Sorry, right go ahead let's hear it let's hear what happens he would literally get together and he would he would talk about this like it was a funny thing he did and he's like no i'm just a practicing wiccan but back in the day i was really hardcore into you know ceremonial vampire rituals and i was like what does that mean eric right. and he was like well you know like me and my girl we get together with like a few friends and like there's this older guy in the group and he would supply like pig's blood and we would all drink a little bit of it and we'd say a chant and run around in the moonlight and you know, and I was like, what? Did, like, what kind of group activity is that? And where do you go from there? Like, you're starting there. What's the natural line of progression? Right. It's how Manson started, right? And then it's yeah. like a dead actress in the Hollywood Hills. Like, you no, start I mean, off young drinking pig's blood. Um, eventually, that's not going to fulfill you anymore. You're going to get, you know, a taste for blood. Right. And you're going to be like, lust. where else can I get blood? Oh, everywhere. But that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, Christians do a lot of stupid shit too. But like you said, they move the window of acceptability. We, we like, it's not, we don't even believe it, but we understand like, okay, this is normal because so many other people believe this, right? Yeah. So we like, we window dress it. It's weird because a lot of Christianity is taken from paganism and wicked and all that fucking shit that came before it, right? These, these mm -hmm. like of the earth religions or whatever. And yet I look at them a little bit more suspect. Because I'm like, y'all motherfuckers should know better. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> like, Well, like, like people like Scientology and things like that or Mormonism that are easily disproven. Right. Is, is that that's less viable. To well, this is what we talked about on the last about. Yeah. Like 2000 years ago. Right. Uh, and I get that. Um, well, here's my question. Do you ever see faith as a force for good as somebody who doesn't really have it? Do, do you sure. think that there, there's a positive aspect to it? And if so, what is it? Because we talk a lot of shit about Christianity. I don't want to keep doing that. 
well, I talk a shit about every religion ever, but the thing I will say good about every religion ever is like, it's certainly there's philosophy in all of these holy books. Like philosophy mm-hmm. is not the same as like a faith structure. It's not, it's not believing in something that isn't there. It's not a magic trick. Like the philosophy of the Bible, most of the new Testament is very good. It's like, yeah. Hey, don't treat people like assholes. Be kind. Someone falls, you pick them up. Someone needs help, you help them. Like you're always kind, whether regardless, if someone's mean to you, you're still kind to them. Like that, those are good, beautiful philosophical ideas. And I'm sure that exists in Judaism. I'm sure it exists in Islam. I'm sure it exists basically in every fucking religion ever. But the problem is like, that's not what the takeaway is from a lot of these religions. So, I mean, you know, the experience that we have from it, I think the reason that we're so sour on Christianity specifically, even though Christianity hasn't really done anything to us, it's that we have a we have a party that is in power that calls themselves the party of faith, the party of religion, and they do everything that is antithetical to the teachings of the Bible, right? Like that's yeah. that's our big beef with it. So you know, like yeah, sure. I think if you can read all religions and take something away from it, that's awesome, dude. You know, that's why I like Buddhism because Buddhism is not try. I'm not a Buddhist. But I look at it and Buddhism isn't like, hey, bro, let's go party with the big guy after it's all over. It's not about that. It's about, yo, live your life a better way. This is how you do it. Just live your life and be kind to people. Like, There's nothing wrong with that. So to answer your fucking question, it's like, yeah, no, I see a purpose for faith sometimes. I think faith gives people strength. Faith gives people comfort. You mm-hmm. know, uh, we talked about this before. My mom never has the feeling of the axe about to drop because she believes in God. God's going to take care of everything. And that's really wonderful that she thinks that and she feels that way. I don't. Yeah. I think the world's random and it's evil <sighs> and it's sad. Like, Yeah. I mean, I think that if you look at God's track record, uh, he's really dropped up. the ball a lot. You're fucking up, God. <laughs> you know, uh, but, but then you can always blame that on Satan. So it's really a mixed bag. You know, if anything bad happens, it's Satan. If anything good or God's testing you, if anything good happens, you know, it's because God is rewarding you. Here's my thing. Do you just think that we're in hell now? Like, I can't imagine a worse place. Because the idea of hell, we've talked about this as well, hell is based off Milton's Paradise Lost. Like, hell in the Bible is not the fucking hell that we know, yeah. okay? I mean, to, to quote Benicio Del Toro in 21 Grams. Oh, uh, thank you. I you need know, the 21 hell, Grams reference. <laughs> hell exists right here. I'm pointing to my head. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't agree with that mentality. So unless, unless his idea is that we're all really? sharing a, hallucin- a hallucination, and that's what the waking world is. I, I um, mean, you can argue that any concept or the, just the concept of reality is shaped by our own conscious and subconscious, uh, and that everything is filtered through our brains. The idea that any, like we were talking about eyesight, and the idea that we are constantly moving our eyes to create a three-dimensional map of the things in front of us. What if that information is unreliable? We're trusting a lot of sensory input that may or may not be there. Um, so the idea of bringing a concept to life uh, isn't that far-fetched. Um, so if hell or heaven is real to a person, um, then you could argue that it's real uh, in one aspect. Sure, a, a subjective aspect. Uh, what, yeah, uh, which is um, fine because it can be real to an individual, but it's not real to everyone. And I guess my larger point that I'm just trying to say is like, I can't imagine a worse place than where we are now in as much that like the, the scary hell is about fire. It's about pain and torture for you on the individual level. But I think mm-hmm. something that's way more hellacious is just the world. Like 
people get murdered and raped all the time and there's starvation in the world and we have enough yeah. wealth in the world to fix Which these is problems. all a product oh. of this, right? I think well, because I'm, I'm overthinking saying. it is what you're saying. Like, it's the fact no. that I have that knowledge and that's what- No, I'm, I'm saying that everything that we do is, it comes back to this. So I think that's what he's saying. That's all I'm saying is like the idea of hell, like the situations that we create, that's not an external force. That's an internal one. I know. All right. I, I feel like we're, we're, we're circling around each other, but we're not, we're not completely getting one another. I'm just trying to say that the, the idea that like when they teach you in school or Sunday school or whatever, that like hell is bad. And this is why mm-hmm. fire, fire, it sucks. <laughs> all right. Like that's what they tell you. And what I'm trying to say is like, but for me, hell isn't so personal Hell isn't so selfish. Hell is like the fact that there's so much pain and suffering in the world that's going on that my idea of what hell is is what we're already in. Like, just there's a lot of terrible shit going on. Uh, but that's my version of hell, not the fire version of hell, because I think it becomes too self-referential. It becomes too about the individual's experience as opposed to like thinking about this on a macro level, on an, on a like a special level. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what I'm getting at. I know what you're saying. You're just, you're saying like, well, of course it's real because it's the situations that we conjure up and it's our, our ability to recognize those things that also... Yeah, no, I was just literally clarifying what Benicio Del Toro was saying in that movie. How do you know what he's thinking? No one knows what Benicio's thinking, man. Ever. I was just, I try, you, you, you try. You he tries, tries to do an Oscar movie, he shows up in a Star Wars movie. You're like, what the fuck are you doing, Benicio? He's, you playing know? A lot, he's played a lot of weirdos in his time. I'm real proud of him. I'm are real you? proud of him. We only got like three Puerto Ricans, bro. Benicio, Lin-Manuel, sometimes Joaquin Phoenix. Like, you know, it's one of those things where we have to try to accept what we can get. We don't have a lot of us. Yeah. I mean, hey, you're running around. He had what running around? Y- you are. You're running around. Yeah, but I'm no one yet. But when I get to be that person, it'll be fine. You know, I'm not then proud of myself. The, you'll be the fourth Puerto Rican. Dude, if there's going to be a Mount Rushmore of Puerto Ricans and I'm on there, holy shit. Lin-Manuel, Joaquin, <laughs> fucking Just Benicio, me. and What's then up? you wearing your hoodie. Yeah. I would love it, man. That's like hysterical to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I well, that's the world I want to live in one day. You know, Mount Rushmore was supposed to be uh, something else, right? It was what was Mount be, Rushmore supposed to be? It was supposed to be the entire bodies of the presidents, or at least maybe like down to their waist. Um, but they abandoned the project, <laughs> so we just got a shit mountain. And it was literally mountain. well, it was literally the product of uh, it's in South Dakota, right? South Dakota, yep. South Dakota was not getting anything as far as tourism. And they needed an influx of cash, so they literally hired a guy to like fuck up a mountain. Okay, let's let's dissect this a little bit, please. Sure. I want to know something. Did they think that even if they fucked up a mountain, people were gonna go to South Dakota? Because here's the thing: I know people do go, but I assume it's people who are fucking around in North Dakota or neighboring places. No one from Philly or New York is gonna be like, "No, we should do. Let's go to South Dakota. There's nothing there. Nothing." Well- there is now. There's a no Mount Rushmore. It's not good enough for me. And you know well, what also bothers me about that? Because that's fucking engine land, okay? So they fucking stole this engine land and then put fucking four. Yeah. I, I think that was a part of it. I think that Mount Rushmore was like, I think that mountain was important in their culture or something. And they just tore it up. Either that or is important to the environment. Probably both. I think anytime you fuck <laughs> up a mountain, it's not right. good. Right. Like leave mountains alone. Yeah, like, what's the mountain of it all? Like, you know, like, if all the mountains disappeared at once, what would happen? <laughs> you know, it's not like the moon. Like, the moon affects the tides. Oh, it affects man. all the oceans and shit. Wars but, would happen more, probably. 
Right. Dude, how I'm many not even natural, kidding. No, natural borders, right? You're right. Yeah. Mountains. Oh, Because man. like uh, I've read a lot of hypothetical articles about what would happen if the United States annexed Canada or Russia tried a ground invasion. And just the idea of having the Rockies and the Appalachian Mountains is enough to deter or make a ground war incredibly difficult and prolonged. That's right. why Russia was so hard to fight in, too, um, just because of how much mountainous territory there was. Jesus Christ, man! That this, this, this is this is Trump's border wall, but natural. Like that's kind of what it is, dude. And, and also, uh, we probably could just get flooded all the time. Right, just be floods, you know, because uh, mountains are just a natural get away from me, water. <laughs> you, know, you know, they say when the ice caps melt, it's gonna be fucking you know dunzo. But if you live in Colorado, oh, you're gonna be fine. I was bro. about to say, if you're living in border Boulder, uh, right. you know, just getting fucking blazed, being like, man. <laughs> there's no one left <laughs> so we're just looking at the fucking ocean at the beneath yeah. the fucking thing of the mountain we're just lamenting it's so not doing hot anything. right now <laughs> really high about it <laughs> and God. like they should probably be conserving what little farmland there is left for nope. food but they're just growing more weed more weed man because it makes it gives them a mellow bro like they need yeah. to, to really chill out and think about what's going on <laughs> So the world becomes water world, except that fucking now Denver or Boulder, Colorado is the, the capital of the world. <laughs> right. Like, it becomes fucked up because here's the thing. Even if thing gets, uh, the world gets flooded, you know that not everyone's going to die. We've had great floods before, supposedly, in the Bible. Yeah. But we, we kept on. We kept on fucking around, right? Yeah. So, Just, you know. All thanks to one man in a boat with his wife and kids and two animals. Right. Two That's of one of those animals. things about the Bible we don't go into, which is like, listen, if everyone's a descendant of Adam and Eve already, bunch of incest. incest. Very weird. Very but weird. then that's that's in our past, and we got past it. But sure. then flooded. Then we did it again. More incest. <laughs> like that's the thing we had. We we fucked it up once. Sure. Like you do think the whole point is that God flooded the world because he thought the world had become evil and shit. And I'm like, well, because you have a bunch of people who are missing fucking like chromosomes and shit. You can't fuck your sister, bro. It's just not a good look. All right. And then he floods the world, and he's like. Let's just do this again. Just start fucking again. Like, how did he, did they not address that in the Bible? Because again, I have not read the Bible. Right. But do they not address the logistics of did Noah at at any one point say, "Hey, I should probably bring along other people." <laughs> well, I no, have the whole, room. The whole idea is that Noah became like the Aronofsky Noah is actually way closer to the Noah. Of, of the Bible, Bible, then people give it credit for. Well, because no, the Bible has been transformed into like Veggie Tales and 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 the cultural osmosis that just made him a guy who's like, oh, we got to build a boat, get on the boat. Nah, man, man. he's like a troubled guy. He wanted to kill a baby and shit. Like, there's I a lot of things going tales. on. We need to talk about Veggie Tales in a minute. Well, let's put why? That. Why? That's some evil genius. Like, you know how we can get people to get the Bible? Tomatoes. <laughs> like, exactly, because they didn't. It wasn't overtly marketed at least when I, as far as I was aware, as a Christian thing to begin with, it was more like, you know, just put the vegetables with funny faces front and right. center. They do funny vegetable things. And then it secretly is about the Bible. <laughs> At the end of every episode, someone gets crucified. You're like, fuck, this, yeah. this came out of nowhere. Just like tomato juice spilling out everywhere. On sweet all potatoes broccoli. crying at his feet, you know, just fucking yeah. like, why? Oh. I'd watch that. But he's I'd only watch crying because an the, onion is there. <laughs> I'd watch like the Passion of the Veggies. You know what I mean? Like if they redid Passion of the Christ but made it really and brutal. It was, it was every bit as violent as the Mel Gibson version. Why not? Just with like a tomato. They're making a squeakle to it. You excited? To the Passion? Is it when Jesus comes back? Yeah, man. Comes back as a lion, not a lamb. Comes back with a flaming sword. 
Yo, Revelations Jesus is kind of my shit though. Like he comes he's back a, not giving a, a fuck. lion. He comes back as a lion, not a lamb. That's the whole point of Revelation Jesus. Oh wait, because he's vengeful. He's vengeful. So he's, he's now he's, he's coming to kill. He's like not literally a lion. Oh he's... no 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 no. But like he's the lamb. I thought God. that's what you were saying. I thought he was like Aslan. You right. know, a lion <laughs> with a flaming sword. Right. Just being like, I'm Jesus. So not only is he a lion, but he's got a slurring drunk <laughs> as hell. He's been dead for just storming into corporate boardrooms, just killing everyone. Um, yeah, so he comes back vengeful. He comes back ready to kill and shit like that. You know, that's like uh, Revelation. Who's, Jesus he, who's the man. he killing though? Like everyone. Jesus, Jesus comes back right now, okay. 2019, beginning of 2019. Where does he start? Who's he against? Who's he with? Probably Trump first, right? I mean, I'm not even trying to be political. I just feel like just to give us something entertaining like like well while the rest of the people are being killed we can kind of ignore that because he took out trump first and you're just like well all right i guess yeah. you know all how, the how sick would it be if it was like trump giving a speech and saying you know get throwing a bone to the evangelicals and being like man there's just one nation under god we're a christian nation and then door bursts open jesus is like not so fast but he's got a lion head and a flaming right. sword and he's very drunk as i said before <laughs> leave me out of it <laughs> decapitation leave me out of it motherfucker secret service guns him down but the bulls just bounce off hit right. all the fox news reporters in the eye <laughs> so he's superman <laughs> he's not even jesus yeah i've but taken the a, form of your superman. <laughs> a, a more murdery superman well, maybe not as murdery as the Zack Snyder Superman, right. but a little less murdery. You know? I mean, that's yeah. kind of hard to, to beat that. I remember when, listen, you want to make sure the Republicans win forever. This is what I was just thinking, right? Like, all they had to do to win for the next 10 elections is if they would have caught Bin Laden and they like would have had a press conference and George W. Bush just brought out a greasy paper bag and just like pulled out Bin Laden's head and held it. And just stared into the camera for 10 whole seconds without saying a word. That would be a good State of the Union. I would have elected Republicans for 20 years, and I'm not even a Republican. I just think, like, the, the gall to be that badass. And I'm bringing all this up to say that's how Jesus needs to do this. Like, because I'm, I told you I'm taking a pass at my Jesus roommate thing, right? I'm like, I'm like 12 pages in. And so, like, I like it. But, like, the other version of that is, like, okay, Jesus is supposed to come back. And it's, like, a press conference. Like, everyone knows that he's going to come back. And the first thing he does is, like, takes out a brown paper bag. And it's just Satan's head. And he doesn't say anything. Holy shit, right? It ends it. It ends the war. You're like, he killed Satan. It's over. Mm -hmm. Like, Jesus don't give a fuck, man. I don't know. I just love him. I'd, I'd like it. I'd vote for it. <laughs> I'd watch it. <laughs> At what point, if Jesus came down and he wanted to be president of the world, not even, not even the United States, he's like, vote for me, I'm going to be president of the world. Honestly, if Jesus came back, that'd be terrifying. In I and of itself? Yeah. Would you not be, like, freaked out? I'd be freaked out because he's supposed to come back and he's supposed to descend from the sky and then he's supposed to then come fucking killing people. So, like, I obviously yeah. have a problem with that. On but, that like, level, but also the level of everything I thought was thought wrong. I knew. Yeah, yeah. The here's the thing though right. i think that we're wrong anyway i mean like mm -hmm. I, we're, here's the difference like i have no i have no you know illusion that i'm correct about what's going on in the world or how the world works what i say is that like christians and islamics and all these other people they have accepted a narrative because it's easier to accept the narrative than to ask questions right now we know 
that asking questions ain't going to get us any answers. But that's not why you ask questions. You ask questions to ask them, to yeah. pose them. So people later on can figure this shit out. That's the whole purpose of progress. So that's, I think that's my beef with religious people is like, oh, you've just accepted a tale because it's easier for you to comprehend. Like you don't want to fucking really know what the truth is. So I'm saying all of that to be like, if Jesus did come back, I'd be like, well, fuck, I was wrong. <laughs> like, you know, that's all I could say about it. I'd be like, but I don't think it's even the Jesus that, that the Christians know, you know? He could right. come back as an alcoholic. That's all I'm saying. Just like really emotionally abusive. Or what if he came back as the evangelical far right Jesus? And oh he's like, God. they are all correct. Oh my you God. Y'all are going to hell. <laughs> Round them up, boys. Fucking race. Let's go to it. a rodeo. So Jesus is not from the Middle East in this scenario. He's from fucking Arkansas. Let's crucify <laughs> some liberals. Break out the lines, bros. My Lord. Jesus. Literally. Yeah, sorry. I just... <laughs> I don't know, man. The point is, uh, Jesus is a fucking fascist, and I will not stand to see this country overrun by his far-right jingoistic politics. What if he was all of those things, but he was also magic? What, like, what? I don't know. <laughs> it magic, would, bro. He it, would be a worse, it would be a worse situation. I know, but he doesn't use it for bad. He just uses it to annoy people. <laughs> what would that look like give me an example i don't know he would like change people's coke to pepsi he would you know change their hair color he would <laughs> a lot so of he's, just he's, he's like an invisible sprite just making people's days confusing not even yeah. bad not bad just, just, just like, you look in the mirror and you go oh, i have green hair now what he would he would keep like hiding your keys like you would look for your keys you're late to go somewhere they were on the counter you know that they're on the counter they, yeah. just, they disappear someplace like your dog would pee on you. You know, a lot of people like, be late for work. Yeah, yeah. Or they'd be it. like, "Oh, this tastes weird. This Coke, this tastes like uh, new Coke." What would be more disappointing to you, Jesus with a super agenda, or Jesus as like a laid back guy who wants nothing to do with anything, including his own destiny? Which is kind Man. of the emotional byline of the story I'm writing. Which is if Jesus like came back and he was Joaquin Phoenix in Inherent Vice or the dude from The Big Lebowski, that would right. be so lit. I'd be all Yo, did it. you see that shit? Did you see Jeff Bridges did a commercial where he reprised the dude? Okay. I did. What's up with that? I think it's either going to be a commercial. Yeah, obviously, but or it's weird that that would even be a commercial the Coens would sanction. It's the Jesus movie. Sequel. I kind of want that sequel, man. And well, here's the thing, it wouldn't be the Coen brothers, right? Didn't Totoro write and direct it or something? Yeah, uh, from what I understand, it's pretty much done. Um, it's like in the bag. This Jesus Quintana movie. It's not a prequel, right? They're not going to do the, the route of it being a prequel, but John Turturro looks 30 years older. <laughs> Just Wet Hot American Summer 10 years earlier. Yeah, sure. man. I mean, that worked, though, as a, yeah. as a thing. I like That's that. That's great. Everybody looks way worse except for Paul Rudd and Elizabeth right. Banks. Yeah. How the fuck those guys? How did that happen? They're rich. I mean, a lot of people are rich. They don't look that good. Oh. I, mean, I just watched Sam Jackson in that glass movie, man. And I was just like, it was really hard for me to realize like, yeah, this movie was 18 years ago. I get that. Yeah. But at the same time, like how much do you fucking age in 20 years? It really scares me. Better thing. I was watching Malcolm in the middle yesterday. Okay. Mm. And it's the casino episode from mm. season two and fucking dude from twin peaks is in it. Hawk from twin peaks. Oh, and I'm just like, yo, you look exactly the same as you did in Twin Peaks. So what was the real aging? It was that next 18 years, man. It's like, I mean, but to be honest, you know, it was really just the hair. He just got gray hair. 
You didn't look that that much older. Uh, okay, but you just remember like that one time Pesci aged twenty years in like five years, and we were like, "Oh shit!" Like, I mean, me eighteen years ago, I did look a lot younger. To be fair, you look exactly the same as when I was ten years old. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I knew you when you were ten. Exactly the same. <laughs> you have not changed at all, man. What are you talking uh, about? Thank you so much. Oh You're God. welcome so much. You no, know, <laughs> here's to looking ten years old forever. Yeah, you look like a 10-year-old with a beard. Anyone ever tell you that? All the time. (laughs) 10-year-old with a beard. (laughs) You have a gnarly fucking beard, but you're 10 years old. I kind of love it. (laughs) It's kind of metal, dude. Like Everyone would want to hang out with that kid. (laughs) I I would. I definitely would. (laughs) Um unrelated to this, I want to change gears a little bit. So that's fair. That's kind of a conversation, Andrew. So the other day, like two weeks ago, I was on Tidal, and Tidal has this thing called the Rolling Stone 500 Best Songs. They actually compiled all 500 songs of what Rolling Stone deems the best ever, right? Isn't like a Rolling Stone number one? Of course it is. I mean, I can tell you a couple of them uh, right off the bat. So many Beatles in the, in the top half. It's really crazy. Um, but the reason I was really doing it is just like, look, there are people that I've, I've known for forever and I've liked for forever, but have never like listened to them. I've known that I'm supposed to like them. Like Marvin Gaye, yeah. I know I like Gotta Give Him Up. I know I like what's going on. I know I like a couple of songs, but I'm not a huge yeah. Marvin Gaye guy. Same thing with Ray Charles, man. I listened to What I'd Say, part one mm-hmm. and two. It's great. That might be the most fire song ever. Like it is just so goddamn great, dude. Um, but just yeah. the drums, the drums are just like killing it the whole time. Mm-hmm. And you're like, man, this dude, like you understood the concept of rock. This is what I started getting really fascinated with, which is like the idea of like, let's say you and I went to a concert. We saw something that was a fucking showstopper. Okay. And what the definition of the showstopper was at various times in rock history Because right after what I'd say came on Tutti Frutti came on by Lil Richard. And I'm like, at at some point, this must have been like the who fucking kill, like like a like a fucking Keith Moon like solo, you know what I mean? Like yeah. people were like, holy shit, ah, losing their mind. And it's just interesting how that that goalpost has been moved little by little through various stages of rock, I guess. And so I'm really listening to all these songs as like a rock history lesson. Because then yeah. like uh, Great Balls of Fire came on and you're like, again, this was probably like the shit. This probably tore the roof off the place when it came out. So this was going in order of the ranking, right? Not in order of uh, release date. Right, yeah. So Like a Rolling Stone is considered the number one. Then it's like, I can't get no satisf- satisfaction. I don't agree with that. Yeah, Imagine yeah. what's going on. Respect, good vibrations. Johnny be good. Hey Jude, smells like teen spirit. No fucking way it smells like teen spirit. A top 10 song of all time, but whatever. Um, but then, yeah, like uh, My Generation by The Who, A Change Is Gonna Come, Yesterday, Dylan, The Clash. Like it's everything that you would know. You know what I mean? Um, right. And it's in that order, but it's just great because out of these 500, I mean, I've heard, obviously, I've heard like, I don't know, 90% of these, but there's still some stuff I've never seen before, never heard before. And you're like, oh, shit, you know? Yeah. You ever think really- about with all those lists, you almost never see world music or anything from outside of the United States and Great Britain. Uh, you ever right. think about how much shit there is out there that we will never hear? Just vast swaths, the majority of music right. that will go unlistened to, that could be hugely important in lithuania or wherever right well see i was gonna even say this like i have tried to broaden my horizons more like when i went to italy i just listened to italian music for a month like i just mm. listened to nothing but songs in italy and there are some beautiful fucking songs in italy that never yeah. got translated or whatever same thing with paris when i went to paris i wanted to like listen to songs as much as i could because i felt like that would help me somehow yeah. um 
but still that's me trying and that those are like popular those are like the americas of europe in, in as much that they're like really well off and, and people mm-hmm. have history and people you know go to it for vacation spots and shit and, and there right. are still enough analogs to what we listen to and what they're playing that it's not completely alien to us right it's where not, we're, we're gonna listen to some fucking tribal drum shit yeah, from, tribal drums or yeah which or, is probably it, beautiful but again it's not yeah. our frame of reference so we kind of disregard it immediately 500 yeah. songs on here and you're right two countries that's it yeah no so it's really like it's it's like when people when we call ourselves the world champion at football it's like well, we're the only fuckers who play football so mm-hmm. like of course we're the world champions you know what i mean there wasn't like some huge thing like when when people win the world cup it's literally 32 teams playing against each other. So you kind of have the bragging rights. Like we can't do that in any sport that we have here. Um, And then even musically, it's the same concept, which is, you're right. It's a weird thing. Like we're Um, we're listening to the 500 best songs that some Americans dude said were the best songs. (laughs) Yeah. And I I don't even, uh, out of the pool of American music, I don't agree with most of those songs that you put on. Like, and I like a lot of them and I think a lot of them are really important, but I don't know. That's the problem with lists. There's always going to be a problem. Well, you figure like 500, you have such a wide net that you're going to get everything. But I think I got into the 300s before a single rap song got on there and it was Mm. public enemy. Like it wasn't even, which I'm not shitting on them. Absolutely deserve their, their place in the pantheon of great songs. But what I'm saying is just like, think about where we are now where I think we have some power. Yeah, of course. And it's like, but now we have some of the most cerebral fucking lyrical shit going on now. And Kendrick's not on there. You know, Kanye's not on there. I, I heard somebody say uh, once, and I agree with it, that rap and hip hop right now are our generation's only real form of protest music. Right. Um, and poli- it's probably the most political genre that we have, and maybe the most cerebral one. Um, rock and roll right now isn't really saying anything important in a major no. way. Um, no, I, I completely agree with that. I think the other thing about that is just that, but that's the nature of what hip hop always was. Like, yeah. this, is what, this is what really pisses me off. I was one of these idiots when I was younger. This is before I was educated on anything. Mm-hmm. I was one of these idiots who said like, look, I like rap, but I don't respect it the same way I like rock music because yeah, you have was, to play your instruments. Way. Yeah. But the truth is this, like, do you know why these fuckers don't have instruments? Because the communities that they grew up in did not have funding for art music and this, this, and this. And a community said, fuck that. Like, you won't give us uh, money to play the violin. You know, yeah. like they made their own fucking genre and it became about lyrics, it became about words, like your your voice was more powerful than any other thing. That's right. that's dude, that's fucking gorgeous. That's like one of the mm-hmm. most beautiful things I've ever heard. But it's still right. sad to me that people don't see that. You know, a lot of people are just like, Well, black people created rock and they turned their back on it. It's like, well, yeah, because they could afford to play rock back then. Like, like right. you know what I mean? Like it's just, it's, it's hard and costs like five hundred dollars or whatever. Exactly. Like yeah. it's a different thing. So by the very nature of its creation, hip hop was always already a punk rock kind of thing to me. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. And so I, well I, I think there were also negative associations that are completely unfair and ignore a majority of rap is that at least growing up the way my parents talked about it and I like you know how you just take what your parents say is right. rule of law until a certain age. They're like, I don't like rap. It's just all about how much money you have and they're angry all the time and, you know, banging hoes and stuff. Like my mom didn't say banging hoes. I would have paid so much money to hear your mom say that. But okay, go on. Yeah, but but you know what I mean. Um, Just that very specific uh, subset of rap that's all about, you know, mansions and bling and shit, Um, which is not what rap is. That's some some of it. That's some of the singles that get fired off, but the majority of it isn't. Yeah, my you my, had thoughtful rap going back to its very origins. Oh, of course. Yeah, I mean, my cousin, my little cousin, uh, Savi, he lives in Maryland, 
and he has like a burgeoning rap thing going on right now in his like community you know like i've seen him play some shows and it's not like 10 people at a show it's like a decent sized show and he so shout out to him his rap name is dreaded dragon you can find him on soundcloud but anyway the reason i'm bringing all this up though is we had like this big talk when he was here and i don't see savvy that often like i see him maybe once every couple years but i was listening to his music and i'm like yo you have talent like you know how to use the language which is great but i think what's important is like the ability to decide where hip-hop is going to go and right now we are in a really interesting time of hip-hop because you still have like the bullshit stuff that i don't really like i don't feel like it has substance and stuff but like i said earlier you have really cerebral artists right now people who are like painting portraits with words and shit in a way that they were doing back then but it wasn't to 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 build towards anything you know what i mean right and so i was also just the idea that we've kind of moved away from i don't know we become more progressive as a culture and the idea that rap has helped to push that along and adapted to it as well so right. the idea that somebody like Tyler, the creator, can come out as gay now and right. be accepted by the rap community Frank is not something that would have happened 10, yeah. 15 years ago. And but that's that, a wonderful thing, too. That's wonderful, but that's also, it's like, that's the anomaly. Like, Tyler is out, but not out. You know, Frank Ocean is out. And right. it's, it's all these but, things. But it's, like, it's the start of something, like uh, the start of socially conscious rap, which right. I'm really into. And I think it's going to keep moving in that direction. I'd be surprised if it didn't. It's good when you have people like Snoop coming out and being like, yeah, there's a rampant problem with homophobia and hip hop. Like right. Snoop's old guard. <laughs> Snoop yeah. is godfather. Like he doesn't have to make another record as long as he lives. People right. know who he is. He is. He's going to be in the Mount Rushmore of shit when it's all said and done. So mm. it's like, the fact that he's old guard and he's pushing for that. The fact that Eminem is coming out yeah. and like someone who is um, notoriously never apologizing for any content coming out and being like, I am sorry that I said this word because in my attempt to hurt someone, I hurt many people and that's not okay. Right. That's um, even, even Q-tip. Um, I right. think he threw around like fag or this a or lot. that like a lot <laughs> yeah. back in the day. And now he's like completely coming right. around on that too. Like the latest Tribe album, you know, Muslims and gays, boy, we hate their ways. Yeah. yeah man it's good it's a good, I mean, it's a good it, direction it's good it is good it is good it just makes me wonder like how quickly everything is changing and stuff like that because i wonder if the perversion of like the reason that people couldn't be cool with gay people in hip-hop early on was because it was somehow uh, a slight at their masculinity their image their their fucking credibility right mm-hmm. and so it's like really quickly i mean within 10 years like that paradigm has shifted all yeah. of our paradigms in the country have shifted within 10 years and it's happened so slowly and so fast at the same time that we didn't even really notice it when it happened. You know, yeah. that's why we're all curmudgeoning about it now because we're just like, like it can't be affected right. by everything. Like, mm-hmm. so I, I don't know, but it, it's really interesting that even something like hip hop, which for a long time did have a real problem with, you know, the toxic masculinity, whatever. I hate saying that word because people check out immediately, even right. though it's like such an accurate term for what it is. It's <laughs> like, a very real thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, well, because, uh, and I think Lindsay Ellis talked about it, she, uh, using toxic masculinity is not a indictment on all things masculine. It's right. not saying that everything about being a man or masculine is bad. It's literally right. talking about the most toxic aspects yeah. of masculinity that are reinforced in our culture. Right. Toxic yeah. masculinity isn't always like beating your wife either. I mean, there's like, there's so many different versions of that. It's just like, right. just it's, teaching, teaching young boys that it's not okay to cry, but a little girl can, or, right. you know, that hugging isn't good. You know, you shake, you do a handshake or something like that. It's right. like minor things that add up in this perception of what's masculine, what's feminine. Yeah. What I, you're I just, allowed to engage with what you're not. 
I think like, but more than anything, because it's harmful to others, which is, which I think where the majority of people come in, that's their entry point to toxic masculinity. They're like, oh, I'm being hurtful to other people. That's bullshit. I'm just me. No, but I think the more important thing, maybe not more important, but just equally as important is like, if you're being detrimental to yourself, exactly. you know what I mean? Like that's a masculinity. You can be some, like a hound dog who wants to fuck 50 women. Okay. But like, <laughs> if you're in a relationship with someone and you're fucking 50 women, like that in and of itself, like that is a form of that. You're doing something that yeah. is toxic to other people, but also to yourself, dude. Mm-hmm. Like that's not healthy. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, I'm bringing all this up to say like good for hip hop for being the quickest to evolve because yeah. in its lifespan, which is certainly way younger than rock was, mm-hmm. rock took a while, man. Like rock did take a very long time to come around on some shit, which is interesting. I'm curious to see where rock and roll fits into the next 20 years because it's not really a thing right now. Obviously, right. we have rock bands. Um, we have our uh, you know vanguard kind of rock bands that are holding down the fort or whatever, but even they are kind of moving into a synthier, more electronic sound, a lot of them. Um, there's right. very few people that are doing straight up rock and roll. So I'm curious to see if and when it becomes relevant again. I don't know if it ever really will well, in the same way. so that Greta Van Fleet band or whatever, which is, it's Zeppelin 2.0. I mean, that's what they are. Um, <laughs> right. I've well, heard a lot of controversy around them and I haven't ever listened to them. I know they did an SNL performance that was controversial. Yeah. Just listen to Highway 2. Just uh, don't even watch the SNL thing. Like, here's the thing. They're, they're fine. They're doing cock rock. They're doing 70s cock rock. Okay. Is it kind of like when Jet was doing an ACDC yeah. sort of thing? Only more Zeppelin. <laughs> like, okay. really Zeppelin. Like, listen, I'll find that one song. I'll send it to you. The opening riff, the, ah, it's Robert Plant vocals and shit. Like, oh, it's, shit. It's, it's so Zeppelin, and I would be fine with it. Except mm. that the guy is now come out and he's being really combative. He's like, you know, I'm really tired of these fucking Zeppelin comparisons. And I'm like, I'm really tired that you're writing Zeppelin songs and pretending they're original. Like, that's a Zeppelin song. Okay. Every right. fucking thing about it is a Zeppelin song. Just own it. Because I like it. I want more Zeppelin. Like, I would mm-hmm. listen to just straight cock rock that's blues oriented. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. Don't pretend How long has original. Uh, Greta, been, uh, Greta Van Fleet been around? I heard of them about a two years ago, a year and a half ago or something. They put out their they're, first they're EP. Not a- yeah, they're not allowed to be tired of anything right now. I'm sorry. You're allowed <laughs> right. to be tired of something 20 years from now if it's still happening. Right. If like you're the Radiohead Stones and they're still yeah. telling you to play Satisfaction, you can be annoyed by that, I guess. Yeah, like Radiohead <laughs> can be annoyed by like, oh, play Creep, like shut right. the fuck up. Um, but yeah, not two years after you do a thing. It was like right. when management was saying they were tired of playing Electric Feel like three months after that album came out. It's like guys, like right, like <laughs> you made your money on this. Happened? Yeah, <laughs> come on, what are you talking about? <laughs> but those guys have struck out and do their own, done their own. Thing. Oh yeah, yeah, I love, I love management, but yeah, you get me. Um, we're in a weird rock thing, man. We're talking about music a lot this episode. I hope that's okay. I, lo- I like music and Jesus. I'm a simple guy. I like beer. I like Jesus. <laughs> what's the, the flag rock eagle country what is it R- rock flag and eagle right charlie he's got a point, he's got a point. No, he doesn't <laughs> oh man um yeah i don't know i don't i don't know about the world man uh, what is what is yeah, yeah well i mean you know that's the conclusion we come to every time what what's a little nugget of optimism that we can we can leave off on christian do you have any optimism i'm clinically depressed so i don't think i have <laughs> Um, uh, we're not going to be alive too much longer. That's pessimistic. At best. <laughs> like, it's really about how you view it. I mean, if yeah. you're tired of being alive, it's a glass half full, 
glass half empty kind of thing. You know, we're like a quarter of the way through. I'm right. guessing. You know. Yeah. And hey, maybe before it gets too bad, we'll be able to upload our consciousness into a San Junipero paradise right. and just hang out doing crazy shit all the time. That'd be awesome. Or it wouldn't. I don't know. Why wouldn't it be? I don't know. Because I think the whole point of life is that you got to die. Like, I think that's the point of it. I mean, let's see. all right, let's talk about two things that we watched this weekend and then we can try to find a way to get the fuck off this. Number one, let's do Good Place first. Good Place, fucking amazing season finale. Wonderful goddamn season finale. So good that it bothers mm-hmm. me that, like, that show <laughs> should not be good. And, like, let's be critical where it deserves to be critical. This was the most uneven season. It wasn't season two great. But still, in its high points, holy shit, was yeah. this, like, an amazing show. It got bogged down a few times, and I think that was coming off of season two where it was running through plot like a runaway freight train. Yeah, um, it was like two seasons just, of plot. <laughs> yeah, you were just like, how can it keep going? And it just managed to, and it kept getting weirder. Right. This season, they were kind of on Earth for a while, and they were meandering around, and like, but it got good again. Right. Um, I still really liked it. And that final episode was, uh, it got me emotional about the Chidi Eleanor relationship in a way right. that I didn't expect to be. Well, especially because that show is not built on that at all. No. It's not Jim and Pam early yeah, on. It's not a will they, won't they? It's just, oh, I guess they're doing that now. Yeah. No, I thought that was like really fucking wonderful. I'm trying to figure out why I brought that up though about this. What was the, what was my, uh, we transition? were talking about the point of life is dying. <laughs> oh, okay, I asked yes. you for a nugget of optimism. Yeah. You said the point of life is dying. <laughs> That should be it. Like, and that's it. No, but in that episode, there's a really beautiful scene at the very end where Janet is talking to yes. Eleanor and she's like, I, I can't give you an answer, but isn't that the point? Isn't you know, I'm doing a bad job paraphrasing it, but it's like the idea of trying to have purpose or to have a formula that would make you understand what it is to be a human, to feel what we feel on an everyday basis. Like it would then take away what it is that makes it special. That's pretty that's optimistic to me that even in suffering there is some greater larger meaning that is incomprehensible um but you have to believe i guess it requires you to to believe that it's meant to, it's it's sisyphus bro it's camu it's like you have to believe and put self-worth in this because all that matters is what you think matters so in that i think that's really really beautiful also it's a wonderful show and i wanted to talk about it for a second but oh, yeah. the, the other thing i fucking saw this week and we talked a little bit about this but i kind of want to harp on it a little if we can um first man i finally saw first man first man that movie is kind of like a dream uh well i mean the entire moon sequence is so different from the rest of that movie it's so quiet and so patient and so fucking like it's it becomes very dreamlike even even when you know the whole i'm gonna throw my daughter's bracelet into the void what i'm not gonna get you know wrapped up in that but just the lead up to that scene was so dreamlike. And so it was almost operatic to me um, well, in, in a way that the rest uh, of the movie wasn't. I really like the throwing the bracelet in the thing. And I know you're a little mixed on it. Um, oh, I don't care. I'm just saying, I, I don't think that happened in real life, but it is a motivator. I get what you're saying, right? Like that's his, that was his emotional drive in the film. Yeah, yeah, I think it put a nice button on that character's humanity or kind of preserved that character's humanity. At the end of Whiplash, and I think it's a fair comparison, uh, that main character's humanity is gone. It's pretty much destroyed. And the argument could be made that he won or lost, but in the end, it doesn't matter. The person that he was, he had to give that up in order to be great. In this movie, you see Ryan Gosling going through all this internal conflict and he doesn't know how to process it. He doesn't know how to process 
the death of his daughter in a healthy way. He doesn't know how to engage with his wife after that happens. He doesn't know how to move forward without doing this horrible self-destructive thing. Right. Uh, so the idea of him having this for the first time in the movie, just this quiet moment alone to process what happened to his daughter and say goodbye to her was kind of beautiful. Um, even if it was like a Hollywood touch, I really right. think that the whole message of that movie leads to that point. Right. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not hating on it. It, it is like, what is it? Hey, geographic or whatever, you know, taking a real life moment and making it into a Hollywood moment. That's whatever. I'm not even mad at that. I, I was just so blown away by like, yeah, that movie has plenty of silence in it, but something's always happening. There's always mm. something going on. And I think it was by design as well. As soon as they open the door, it's the vacuum of space. There's just nothing. Yeah. I mean, it changed. Like, I paid more attention to that part. Granted, I watched every frame of that movie, but I was locked into that. I felt yeah. hypnotized during that scene mm-hmm. in a way, which is really, really interesting to me. But um, I kept going back and forth with Dolores on this, where I'm just like, again, the idea of being great and being good are not the same thing. <laughs> like, you can be a great man. Neil Armstrong is a great man. Yeah. forever like yeah. millions of years will go by we'll know that guy because mm-hmm. he was the moses of of <laughs> humans like right. he, he started this thing and that's incredible like how many people are going to be remembered a million years from now shakespeare won't be remembered a million years from now no, the beatles won't be fucking remembered a, year, a million years from now like all the art that we think is important will be gone because the things that like that we talk about now as classics are only a couple thousand years old and even those we barely, the majority of us don't, haven't read anymore. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I haven't read Moby Dick. No one's, well, I wouldn't even talk about that one, but that's a good example. No, I'm talking about the Odyssey. I'm talking about the Iliad. I'm talking about Dante's Inferno. I'm talking about all these things that are thousands of years old now that, yeah, we have read them, but God, a lot more of us have not read it than have. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so a million years from now, all our art and all our culture, well, that'll be gone, but Neil Armstrong will still be fucking around, man. And that is incredible. That's right. next level incredible. Was he also a terrible husband? Yeah. Was he a bad father? It looked like it. It looked like he wasn't very good at any of that shit, but that doesn't mean he's not a great man. And that's such an interesting dichotomy to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, it's not, and it's not a perfect uh, movie. I don't want to give the impression that I loved every second of it. I agree with you that the human drama parts, especially mm-hmm. with his wife, were just like, just get back to the moon, bro. Get back in that, you know, that spaceship. Well, because all that stuff was so goddamn amazing. So like, visceral. Right. I mean, just, just even the opening scene, I was like, I was bad because you told me to be, to be worried about the movie going into it because you're like, Hey, it's got some problems. And I'm like, ah, fuck. Then that opening scene starts where he's getting to the top of the atmosphere. And I'm just like, Holy shit. Like mm-hmm. I, and it's like, I'm not some fucking geek who like anything with space gets me going, but it was just like, no, that really gives you perspective. Right. That was a really amazing scene. And it was really fucking and again, in the tradition of, I, I keep going back to my auteur theory on Chazelle, but um, it, it mirrors Whiplash again with the opening scene being a, the whole movie in miniature, like all the emotions that you feel uh, you experience in, in that five minute journey that he takes right. in the beginning, which is great. I don't know, man. I don't know. Here's my problem with that movie. Buzz Aldrin, fuck him. Fuck Buzz Aldrin. Fuck Corey Stahl for playing him. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, why, I got why, what, do you, what do you got against Corey Stahl? 
I love Corey Stahl. Why the fuck is he wasting his talents playing Buzz Aldrin? All right, he was, like, he was at least an entertaining asshole. In that let movie. me tell you this: in the way that uh, Neil Armstrong will never be forgot in a million years, like Buzz uh, Aldrin, Buzz Aldrin will be. immediately, because no one gives a fuck man. about the second guy. Let alone, can I tell you who else I felt the worst for was Lucas Haas's character, who just oh, the guy to- in the cockpit. Yeah, Dude, nobody never, remembers that name. What is that guy's name? I have no idea. And I feel so bad. Imagine being that guy. I traveled 236,000 miles for this shit, and he can't right. even get on the fucking moon. It just bothered me so much, dude. I yeah. felt so bad for that guy. But the, the spectacle, I'll give this movie so much credit in terms of the spectacle. When he gets off of the moon and he takes that first step, I understood what it, well, let me walk that back. I wasn't on the moon, so I didn't understand it. <laughs> But I, Having were, been to the moon, I understood. <laughs> I understood, at least uh, in a fraction of a way, how that must have felt. Like, you know, doing all the POV shots, doing all the, like, you're only going to see what the pilot saw, which was really blew me away, mm-hmm. too, because you're just like, you have this much visibility. It's just darkness. Yeah. Like, yeah. fuck, man, just that's so rattling scary. rattling sounds. And, and I didn't like, know that. Is that screw screwed in enough? Well, I didn't know that Neil Armstrong got fucking in that that spinny thing too. That was horrifying. And then yeah. I looked it up, and that actually happened. And I'm like, he is the most badass motherfucker of all time. When Jesus comes right. back, he's coming back as a Neil Armstrong. That is a lion. Like he should have died. He, <laughs> right? Like there's no reason he should have stayed conscious and long enough to fix that problem, but he did. That's amazing. Yeah. It's the most, like, it might be the most amazing. You really start to think of, like, he really was, like, maybe the most that, badass. That's some lived, Batman but. sheer force of will sh- level shit. And then he went back, Max. Yeah. And then he was like, yeah, I almost died in the vast emptiness of space. Would have suffocated. Would have, you know, died forever. Um, but then I'm going to go back. Like, a fucking badass. Oh, my God. Do you think he was in some way suicidal? Well, see, like, that's honestly what I got from the film a little bit. Yeah. I really felt like a part of him. Like, yeah, he's seeing all these people die. And the question is not like, oh, next time is it going to be me in a worried way? It's like next time right. it could be me. Like, that's right. how that performance played to me. And I have no idea if that's what's real. And that's the thing about movies based on real people. They, they, they take an angle um, that they want to show you. But that's honestly how I read it, which was like, this guy just didn't want to be around his family. He didn't want to be, be around his kids. Like, he was trying to do which, this thing. <laughs> Makes you wonder about Buzz Aldrin because in the movie they really portray him in a way that I didn't. I don't know enough about Buzz Aldrin. I remember that one part, uh, one interview where he punches a reporter for asking him. uh, Oh, it's my favorite thing in the world. (laughs) um, But I never knew because according to this movie, he's like this socially inept asshole who just says whatever he's thinking and doesn't care how people feel about it. Right. Um, And it's hilarious. He's just roasting people left and right, saying very inappropriate things about death, and then getting a walk on the moon. I mean, he didn't deserve it. I, so that's the other. We spend no time with Buzz Aldrin in that movie. Yeah. No, you know who deserved it? Patrick Fugit, who dies on fucking page 14 in that movie, made me so mad. I was so Poor angry. Patrick Fugit. Right? Like, can I tell you, literally, he showed up on screen, and I'm like, oh, shit, Patrick Fugit's yeah. in there. And I didn't even finish that sentence before his shit blew up. So That, was, dude, that dude, like, shows up in a prominent Hollywood movie every four to eight years. Like, How is he paying his rent? Yeah. I really wonder about guys like that. He was on that Cinemax show. It's based off a Kirkman comic book called Outcast. Mm. And the first season was really wonderful. Um, and then they took two and a half years to get the second season out. And then everyone it's forgot sick. it existed. No, no just people, it just didn't get any ratings. You know? oh, and it's then they canceled impressive. it. Yeah, it's gone. 
I mean, that's probably the best case scenario for the Patrick Fugits of the world. Just to go to TV <laughs> one season, one and done. And then you got to get the fuck out. He yeah. should be in like a Fargo season, you know, the Fugits. Yeah. Well, no, I just always, under, I always wonder like how these, uh, even these art house directors who direct a movie every 10 years uh, get money. Like how do they sustain well, this is really why we need. It's to not like they have a part-time job at Trader Joe's or something, and then they go on to their next project. Well, this is why we have to move to LA, which is something I've always been very bullish about, but recently I've become a little less icy about it. Oh, we need to talk about this. Yeah, we do. Because uh, every time I, I bring up LA around you, so you get I, I rate. I know. And then I ask you, "Have you ever been there?" And you go, "No, fuck no, but it sucks." <laughs> No, I mean, so the thing is, my problem with LA, which I think is going to be my problem anywhere, but at least if I live in LA, I like my problem with Tampa is that it's too spread out. I don't like mm. how, I mean, there are, there are like little local places, but it's like you're staying in your neighborhood basically, or you're going to go to 60 or to like Lumsden or one of the main hubs of where things are, right? Hell yeah, you Tampa the, people represent. No, don't please. They'll, they'll know those references. Brooklyn and Philly have me in a different way because it's like, you can walk five minutes and be in a different neighborhood in Philly. You can walk five minutes, be in a different neighborhood in Brooklyn. Like I love how close everything is put together. My beef with LA among many reasons is that it's just way too fucking spread out. Like I looked at it on a map the other day because I hear, I watch so many things that take place in LA. I listen to Harmontown. That's in LA. And so he's always talking about like Las Feliz and I'm like, where's Las Feliz? Oh, okay. So it's here. Mm -hmm. And he's talking about Burbank, which is over here. I'm watching the shield right now. So I found out where Farmington is, which is, all the way up here and you're just realizing like yo th this is probably an hour drive to get from one side of california to the other or la to yeah. the other side of la like that's too spread out how does anyone do anything you hear about silver lake which everyone's like it's the bushwick of la but then yeah. you realize that it's like 40 minutes away from downtown proper and you're like how is this even la anymore you know what i mean like right i don't know so the distance always bothers me but recently you know dolores is about to get her doctorate which means mm -hmm. she can pretty much go anywhere she wants. And we were just talking about like, where, where will you get paid the most? And she's like, well, New York is obviously one of the places we'll get paid the most. And I'm like, yeah. And then she's like, and LA was one of the places we can get paid the most. And then I'm just like, okay, well, we want to make stuff. <laughs> like we want to make art. We want to make films. We want to be in a yeah. place where like, like thing, thing about my, my comic is like, my comic's not perfect. My first issue. My second issue I think is much better, but just by having something made, <laughs> it puts me a league above a bunch of different people. You know what I mean? Like making mm -hmm. the thing is the hardest thing to do, number one. And then like every time you make an additional thing, it gets a little bit easier. Right. And so it's like, all right, LA might legit be a spot that we could do, that we could live in because it's not that expensive to live in certain parts of LA. Right. Um, if you're staying away from Beverly Hills and Santa Monica, there are options there. Yeah. Can no, I'm not going to go to any of those. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I, I'd um, like a, just, I, I told like, you about watch, walking around Beverly Hills, right? Is it awful? It, it just, I never felt more poor in my entire life. Um, just, oh. be, well, just because like, and it wasn't like a terrible feeling, but just like walking around, it was like the end of a long vacation. And I was, you know, wearing my beanie and a shirt and just holding my airplane bag and just trying to find movie locations and just like people in Bentleys, like slowing down to stare at me. Like, are you in the right neighborhood? And I was just like, holy shit, I need to get out of here. Yeah, see, I was walking around the bad parts of LA and I felt safer there than I did in Beverly Hills. Well, that's my point about any of it. The safe parts of LA are bullshit. I mean, like the, the I don't know, the scary places are, are more interesting to me. <laughs> well, just the people. scary places are genuinely scary though, or sad. Where'd you go? Where'd you go? 
where, where'd I go? Like yeah, scary wise? What, like what's the bad part of LA you went to? Well, I didn't go to Compton or anything, but right. I went to um, MacArthur Park and it's literally a tent city. Oh, is it? I, I'm not kidding. It's, oh, it's filled with tents filled with homeless people and there's just bird shit everywhere. Oh, and uh, yeah, it's sad because I, I never showed that, that, by the way. They never showed that in like the Rob Lowe uh, fucking come to California. We got well, mountains. Dude, blah, blah, blah. I, I, the reason I was there is because I was just going to different. My friend Jackson is a big movie fan. He knew I was going to L.A. for vacation. So he found all of these movie locations, um, shooting locations that were in walking distance to my hotel, uh, which is a super uh, baller friend move, by the way. Um, and a lot of them, a lot of the locations were from Drive. Uh, so Drive was shot pretty close to where I was staying in Koreatown. Um, so I was walking to MacArthur Park. And the weird thing about it is that you can literally move a camera to this side of the street, just one side, and it's beautiful palm Oh, trees. it's like D.C. It's like and, my hometown. Yeah, and just like the sun is setting and it's this purple, orange, beautiful hue and the art deco condos and shit. And then you just literally turn your head just a few degrees to the other direction and there's a homeless guy with shit in his pants and heroin needles and trash in the streets. Nice. And you're just like, this. it's the most schizophrenic town I've ever been in. Well, th- and that's something that I've heard a lot recently, which is like the idea of crime in LA is, it's, it's, it's interesting because it's, it's always socionomically driven, generally speaking, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the whole point of gang violence and shit like that. But on one side, you have the financial district, you have the yeah. buildings, these, these symbols of commerce. And then mm-hmm. on the other side, you have the Hollywood sign. And in mm-hmm. between is the LA that they know, which is right. like fucking scary and like violent. And but and it's also uh, but beautiful. beautiful. That's the problem. That's and the problem with it. it the, I've been there twice. And every time I come away with this weirdly calming feeling, like I just went to this mysterious place that I didn't fully understand. Right. And every place I've been to, I've never had that feeling that I had when I was in LA. And it might be because I was just in a place where movies get made and I was recognizing shit left and right. Right. But it was kind of like this otherworldly type thing. It's got a vibe, man. I don't know. Did you go to Sunset Boulevard? Nah. Damn it. I I crossed over it, but I didn't spend any time on it. You didn't go to the mansion? No. I didn't have time. I was at the David Lynch Fest, so... It was a pretty tight sketch. I was just going to say, do you think we could make like a remake of Sunset Boulevard with Lynch, but Lynch is the... Uh, the He's the playing Gloria Norm, Swanson. No, Norm, yeah, Norma Desmond. <laughs> that's her name. In, in drag. <laughs> Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. Well, see, I, see, that's... We're taking the most devastating scene of that whole movie and making it really funny. <laughs> because in the play, I told you I saw the Sunset Boulevard with Glenn Close, which I was mm. like, this is going to be an abortion because I, I fucking love the Billy Wilder one, man. And it was actually good. It was wonderful. But that scene is so tragic. Like, it is a yeah. tragic scene. Like, it's played for laughs in our version, but it's this... Yeah, no, it's just the <laughs> pinnacle of pure delusion. And that's my beef. That I brought this up to pinpoint my beef with LA, which is the delusion factor. People yeah. go to New York to have their dreams fucking shattered. Either you fucking make it or you don't. There's no in between. It doesn't. Fu- it doesn't harbor your delusions for long. It kind of che- uh, eats you up, chews you out, and, and spits you out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, LA. There are people who are just waiting tables. They're like, bro, I know I've been here for 23 years, but I got an audition on Wednesday, and it's yeah. gonna happen. I was Ubering around everywhere in LA, and Everyone's every well, yeah, every Uber driver I had, I like talked to, engaged in conversation, and everything. I was on a real kick where I was talking to all my Uber drivers back then. Now I don't. Um, <laughs> 
I do it in New York. But, it's a lot of fun because they're all like really interesting Arabic dudes who got stories. I love it. You know, I should probably get back into that. But no, every single one of them was like, so I was like, so when did you move to LA? And they'd always be like, how'd you know I, w- I wasn't born here? And I was like, well, I'm just taking an educated guess. And they're like, yeah, I moved here five years ago. I'm trying to be an actor. I've been doing Uber. And I was like, oh, you make a lot of money doing that. Not as much as I would as an actor. And I was like, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> um yeah but that's my thing so everyone there like won the competition is what it is i feel like you can't go to la to be a actor i think you can go to la to create shit i really do because i think now more than ever there's so many different avenues to get a platform to show something that again much like the comic thing it's like just make it just make it first you know what i mean because that's half the fucking battle if you show that you can make something with nothing people will then pay you money to go make something well um I also think that LA yeah, has the infrastructure, but I think that now we're living in this glorious time where uh, we can we can make anything anywhere, which is pretty great. Um, I wouldn't be against the idea of moving to a place like Atlanta because a lot of film shit is happening there. Um, I, I don't love that, that city like you do. I know you, you, you and Dolores are big on Atlanta, and I just don't like it. Um, <laughs> What what you got against it, Laners? Uh, other than, okay, I've said this before a thousand times. Other than the fact that when Sherman burnt that fucker down, whoever started rebuilding Atlanta did not have their degree in city planning. Because mm-hmm. again, it's like, you know, 100 block, 200 block, 300 block, wait, 200 block, 100 block? Like, the blocks start over depending on where you are. The onus guess- is on you, the traveler, <laughs> to figure it out. Really freaked me out. Also, how many peach streets can you have? Like, Jesus Christ. Like, there's 15 of those motherfuckers. Um, Little Five Points is dope. Uh, downtown is actually pretty cool because it's quiet. Not a lot's going on in downtown. Um, yeah, it's really, uh, it's clean. It's pretty well-maintained. Right. It has the Coca-Cola factory, a really bomb aquarium, like fucking great aquarium. Isn't uh, that Margaret Mitchell house still there? The Gone with the Wind house is there too. It's right by Emory. So that looks dope. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah I mean, they, they they got a Jimmy Carter statue, and um, that one's awesome. The presidential Library. You know, he was a peanut. Yeah. <laughs> he was a really he was like, a peanut. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's a peanut with a library. He then goes around back <laughs> home, look at all the cashews and almonds, like you motherfuckers. Ain't like got we we but. talk about Neil Armstrong, like he's a big fucking deal for walking on the moon. This is the first ever peanut with his own library. <laughs> 